1240 AM WSBC. Yeah. Welcome back, folks, to another week of the Hoolies Hooli Radio mm-hmm. Hour. This show is presented to you by the Cork and Carry Irish Pub. There's one in Beverly and there's one in Bridgeport. Yes, there is. Go see proprietor Billy Guidey today and tell him the Hoolahan sent you. Yeah. Fox's Beverly Pizza, finest thin crust tavern style cut pizza on Western Avenue yes. in Chicago. Uh, say hello to the Foxes. Flood Brothers Disposal. You got stinky garbage? Call the Floods. We know They'll come you and do. pick it up. We know you got stinky garbage. It's July. Yeah, take care of it. Make a phone call. Yeah, if it's mounding up, call them. Do it. Madden Funds. Invest your dough if you have any. If you have some. Not you everybody ha- has some right now. Call the Maddens, Mike or Dan, and they will help you put it in the right places. Yes, they will. And Guinness Irish Stout. Guinness is good for you. My name is Patty Houlihan. I'll be your host all hour. Joining me as always to my What's left up? is twin Hello, brother Billy. Billy and, and, our, and our wingman Clayton O'Brien is on hiatus from the program for a little while. He's taking a little break, but he'll be back soon. Billy, yes. What a week I've had. It. I got some on a sad note. A little right, sad note. Right, right. Um, Cliff Johnson, my yeah. uh, my former father-in-law. Yeah. Technically, still my father. Yeah, he's still your father. My wife and I are not completely divorced yet. Right. But um, he passed away. Yeah. Uh, and and he's sort of a uh, a, a rock god of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, and we've played his music over the years. We have. And, uh, we play his Christmas song every year. We do. We play yeah. Christmas every day. Yeah. Is the name of the song. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's pr- appropriate to play Christmas every no, day. No, not today. no, no. We won't do but, that. But um, we want. We'll play some later. We'll play. I, my favorite album of Cliffs was Quick Turns. Um, and for our radio listeners who don't know. Cliff was sort of a power pop pioneer uh, here in Chicago in the late 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and he formed a group called Pez Band. Pez Band consisted of him and John Pazden and Mimi Bettinas and several other guys over the years. And um, uh, that sound that they created evolved into the modern power pop sound that you're familiar with with bands like Cheap Trick. Right. right? Yeah. Like Rick Nielsen and all those guys. Um Anyway, Cliff was one of the pioneers of that that kind of movement. Right. Um, and uh, throughout the years, uh, obviously, I got to know him quite well. Sure. Um, that uh, the, the rock community always revered Cliff mm-hmm. uh, as someone who uh, was a wildly big talent, right? Um, but also wildly good at self-sabotage. Yeah. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to celebrate Cliff here all tonight, and I'll celebrate him on for the rest of my life, right? Right. Every man has his failings in some capacities, including myself. Yep. And uh, I'm not going to focus on that stuff, although I just talked about it. So, you know. Right. But we're going to talk about some people's failings later on in this program. Oh, we are. Yeah. Uh, we do have a guest tonight later yeah. on in the program. Uh, our good friend Sean Flannery is going to be on the program. I've spoken of Sean on this show over the years. You have? Uh, he's been uh, a very well-known uh, personality here in, in the Chicago comedy community for a number of years. Mm-hmm. He's a Cleveland-born man. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he had uh, an affinity for drinking. Sure. Imagine such a thing. Yeah. A man, a comedian named Sean Flannery who likes to drink. Yeah. Um, and he's parlayed uh, the drinking culture into part of his uh, authorship uh, mm-hmm. of, of his entire set and act. And, and it's, uh, it's spun off into a book that he's recently written called Places I Can't Return To. Mm-hmm. Appropriate title, right? Uh, and a show, a weekly show, which I've done in the past called The Blackout Diaries, yes. uh, which he does down at the Lincoln Lodge now. Um, it's been at several different theaters throughout the years, and it's one of the longest-running uh, comedy shows here in Chicago. Uh, on top of that, he's appeared on Comedy Central. Uh, he's ve- had a very, very, very interesting past, so I'm excited to talk to cool. Sean. Yeah. Um, What's going on? The whole Cliff thing, right? Yeah. You know, uh, 
when you have a family member who passes away with not a lot of money, right? Because we've and and I, I should just get back to the fact that the the pairing between Cliff's daughter and myself, right, mm-hmm. um, was magic when when we first met each other. Right, we both mm-hmm. came from show business families. Mm-hmm. We both, my dad's, uh, you know, sort of a raconteur, mm-hmm. right, um, and Cliff was very similar, but only in a different space, in the rock and roll space. So those genetics allowed your love to grow. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did, Bill. And like all good performance pieces of art over the years, it eventually just went its other way, huh? Uh, well, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the set got stale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. jokes got old. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I remember the first time uh, that uh, I, I was dating Haley when I first met her, right? Mm-hmm. And for our listeners out there, when I say, oh, like, her dad was a rock star to me, here's why. Here's why I'm going to bring this up. Because okay. people are like, Haley's a beautiful young girl. She's she's 20 years old. I'm 27 years old when I first mm-hmm. started dating her. I have a chip on my shoulder because I've directed a film out of film school. Yeah, that, you dork. That, with my dad as the lead. <laughs> Ooh, you know? you're so awesome. Yeah, yeah, dude. So I'm like, I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to oh, be a star. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, I, I still had my hair. I wasn't balding yet. Yeah, yeah, I had a I lot know. of I had a lot of false yeah. starts, dude. Yeah. I, I was like, you thought you were gonna be the next Ed Burns? I did. Yeah, I thought I was gonna be better than Ed Burns, uh-huh. funnier than Ed Burns. Yeah, I still am. Is he funny? I'm still funnier than Ed yeah, Burns. Yeah, I didn't know he was dude. that funny. Anyway, okay. yeah. yeah. Anyway, I first meet Haley, and she's a fox, right? Uh-huh. She's seven years younger than me, right? Yeah. I don't know if a girl that was hot that was seven years younger than me would have ever considered dating me unless I was like Mr. Movie Director Boy, you know. Um, because don't years- sell yourself so short. Well, okay, okay, I won't. But uh, but anyway, I had a chip on my shoulder a little bit, right? Uh-huh. When I met her, and I'm like, yeah, you know. And she's like, my dad's in a band, you know. And I thought he was gonna be some like dude with like a beard and glasses from Oak Park who like plays in his basement or something, you know. I'm like, yeah, yeah your dad's in a band. He's got <laughs> some Tivos on. Yeah, you know, you know stuff. Right, drinking some craft beer. Yeah, you know, I, I know, humming it up. Yeah. Anyway, singing a Simon and Garfunkel song. For I don't you, know. Right? Maybe a little more gritty than that. Cliff would have hated Simon and Garfunkel. Well, not Cliff. The, your, the, your perception of what he was going to be like. Yes, my visual, yeah. my, my mental perception. What was in your imagination? Yeah. So she's like, "Do you want to go see him? He's playing at Fitzgerald's, right?" Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, Fitzgerald's is a reputable club. It must be pretty good. Yeah, you know, or something." Yeah. But they also have the sidebar where you might walk into the sidebar and some guys in there just playing like you know Ozzy Osbourne covers and yeah, no one's paying attention. I don't know how many Ozzy Osbourne cover bands are playing at Fitzgerald's, but dude, it's if there is one, that would be sick. But I'm sure yeah. that, I don't think they're going right. to that value. I'm going to Fitzgerald's to hear you know Joe Schmo play K Crazy Train tonight. It's gonna kick ass, and it might. But yeah, Fitzgerald's yeah. is not the type of place you can get out of hand like that. No. Anyway, I go see Cliff. Right. Yeah. I get there. There's all these aging groove dogs in the audience, ponytails and like cut off shirts with the names of soft softball teams on them from the 80s yeah. lots of tats and smoking yeah. uh greaser chicks uh and then you know and then yuppie like polo shirt wearing dads a very eclectic room you right. know i'm like yeah. this is not the audience i was expecting to people see people that hung out in the bars too long and then the other people that were actually somewhat successful in their life but they all hung out at one time in history for together this, for this band maybe for this band yeah, right okay sure so i'm like okay this is interesting all right and I'm there, and there's, in the room, the, the room is a buzz. There's, there's a hum going on in the mm-hmm. room. And uh, the lights go down, and, the, and, and uh, the house lights go down, the stage lights go up, and uh, Off-Broadway comes out, right? right? And they rip into uh, the first bars of a song called Automatic, which is a hard riff, like, dang it, dang it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like, I get goosebumps. I'm like, holy 
cow, you know, like yeah. it's not what I thought it was going to be, you know, yeah. like, uh, am I dating Jagger's daughter? Right. Yeah. That's what I'm like. What's happening here? And Cliff comes out. Right. Yeah. And I've never seen Cliff before. He's got like Peter Frampton blonde hair down to his shoulders, uh-huh. horned rim glasses, which is kind of a look, right, for right. a lead singer. You don't see that in lead singers too much, unless you're like Mike Patton or somebody like that. From Faith No More? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mr. Bungle. I didn't know that he was a horned rim glasses guy. At one time. For the purposes of this story, he is. Okay. Also, shut up. I'll keep, I'll let you go. All right. So Cliff comes out. He's got that look, but he's got a leopard coat on, like a leopard skin jacket, uh-huh. go-go boots, and leather pants, and he's bare-chested with like a red scarf on. Yeah. So he looks like a cross between like Stevie Nicks and Peter Frampton, you know, <laughs> and he rips out with his like crazy voice, you know, that like, and I'm like, what? You know, like I could not believe it. He's doing like David Lee Roth high kicks. Uh-huh. This man's 58 years old. Right. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, your dad's more talented than me. You know, that's what uh-huh. I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, how's yeah. this going to work? Um, Anyway. Uh, the concert ends and I finally meet him, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Hey, Cliff, nice to meet you. That was unbelievable." And I'm I'm buzzing, you know. Uh-huh. And I think I'm pretty rocked at that point. Like as soon as the concert was good, I was like teething vodka sodas, you know, like, "Oh yeah, you uh-huh. know, like this is gonna kill." Uh-huh. Her dad must be cool. Uh-huh. So I, I I meet him at the show and um, he has this persona on stage and everyone's like, you know, there's drugs and rock and roll in the air, you know, yeah, and yeah. sex and like, and so we meet him and. Uh, He's very uh, fatherly, you know, he can like turn it on off, you know, and he's like, what are you doing with your life? You know, Uh and I'm like, oh, uh, uh, I'm a filmmaker. I'm going to be in show business, you know, and and he just there was just this long sort of awkward pause that anybody who's ever. No, his mind is going, no, (laughs) yeah, like anybody who's ever been in show business. He's never going to make any money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I could just see the wheel in his head like, don't. Get away from this guy. Where's the banker? Where's the banker yeah. you used to date? Yeah. Um, and he just said, Oh, that's nice, Patty Laddie. Take care of my daughter now. You know? Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure if he liked if he liked me, but over the years we, we got to really bond together. Uh mainly I think because we had a lot of show business false starts and mishaps. <laughs> you know, sure. like all of a sudden there was a kinship one. And especially I kind of solidified that deal once Haley became pregnant, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're stuck with me now. You know? Uh-huh. Um and I was stuck with Cliff in the same capacity, right? right. Because most other son in laws would not, would have been horrified by Cliff's antics, right? Yeah. But having grown up in a show business world, I was able to like forgive a lot of that stuff. Right? Yeah. Or shelter your kids away from it. Right. And vice versa. But he's going to be sorely missed, and and uh, I'm more than anything. People are like, you know, on Facebook, they're giving like all these tributes about like all the rock music that they liked about Cliff, and like you know, lyrics and talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think more about like the the insane drunken escapades and like things that went bad, mm-hmm. and like calls that I get at like four in the morning, of, like a landlord being like, "I your father in law almost just burned down the building. We need you to come out here." You know, oh boy. like where's he? Uh, he's had too much to drink and he's not really speaking much. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll be right out there. You know, uh-huh. uh, and. Uh, th- as much as I hated those experiences at the time when they happened, yes. I actually can sit back now and cherish and laugh about them. And I hope that Cliff's in heaven laughing about them too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And anyway, with that being said, we're getting close. I got to take a commercial break. And the reason I segue into that is because when we come back, we're going to bring Sean Flannery on. Yeah. And he's going to tell us some more about some some drinking escapades. Uh, this, and, and you know where you can always get into some great drinking escapades? <laughs> Lots of them. The Cork and Carry Irish yeah. Pub. But we don't want you blacking out there. Well, you know. if you have a driver, you can, you know. Okay. Does anybody ever go in and go, I'm blacking out tonight? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you know? I've never, I tended bar for 15 years. I never I've had seen, one guy come in and say, I plan on blacking out tonight. You've never had been out with like 10 of your friends where somebody's like, whew, it's Friday. I'm probably going to black out later, but let's go. Uh, no, I've never had anyone say I'm probably, I've been with people that where I just look at the guy and I go, he's going to black out later. I can, I, I know within like 20 minutes of being with the guy just from like his cadence, you know? Sure. And Cliff was one of those guys. Like you could not keep up with that man. There's no way. You know, he'd be teething, you know, kettle, but he could have like 10 of them and then go on and like, you know, do an hour show that was flawless. Unless he didn't. I went to shows where Cliff forgot the words sometimes. And that was pretty fun, too. As much as pissed off as the band would be. Yeah. It was one of the greatest bits ever. Right. Yeah. I was at Reggie's Rock Club and Cliff came out once and he, and he forgot the words of the song. Yeah. And the band's like kind of looking at him and. Cliff's way of winging it was he just went <laughs> and just and just uh, hummed, hummed it. it, hummed it until it ended. And then at the end of the hum, he like did like a like like he was like you know like crescendoing. Oh wow! Crescendoing on a lyric that he wrote that he was too drunk to remember, but he understands like the like how to get it up. Great stuff. Yeah. Anyway, wow. go to Cork and Carry. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. More Huli Suli after these. On the Death Walk of Saloons that decorate Western Avenue, only the Cork and Carry Irish Pub, the soul of Beverly, sits right on a 50-yard line of Chicago's Southside Irish St. Patrick's Day Parade at 106th and Western. Generations of Southside Irish have quenched their thirst in the cork, snuggling up to memories of family, faith, and fierce loyalty to friends. It's the jewel of this neighborhood where we celebrated weddings, christenings, wakes, and unforgettable victories. Proprietors Bill Guidey and Mike Fitzpatrick, now celebrating 20 years in business, welcome you home for a cold brew to share a good story or help you throw one hell of a party. With over 20 beers on tap and a full bar for your pleasure, this is the spot you can sink a root and get your Irish on. Cork has plenty of seating, from our private event rooms to our 300-person beer garden. Our interior space brings you back to the homeland of Ireland with our vintage photos and authentic Irish decor and Chicago memories of the good old days. So say hello to a stranger, make a new friend, fall in love, or just enjoy the company of people you forgot you knew. The Cork and Kerry continues the Southside tradition parents and grandparents brought here from the old country. Come on by the Cork and Kerry and get some. The Cork and Carry Irish Pub, 10614 Southwestern Avenue, for private parties, just pals hanging out, or intimate cocktail rendezvous. Come on home to the south side of Chicago at the Cork and Carry. When your family has suffered a loss, the Sheehy family will be there for you. Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Homes are third generation family owned and operated. The Sheehy family has dedicated many years of their lives serving families throughout Chicago and the Southwest suburbs. The Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Home was incorporated in 1913 as a storefront at 76th and Halsted Street in Chicago. At the time, this was one of the few standalone funeral homes of its kind and was to be the first of many to come bearing the Sheehy name. The founder, Roger Sheehy Sr., was soon joined in business by his three sons, Roger Jr., Jack, and Bob. The four provided a personal service that became a foundation for success. 
This trademark of service is evident 98 years later as Bob and Jim Sheehy, third generation, own and operate two locations in Orland Park and Burbank. As a family-owned and operated funeral home, the Sheehys believe the one thing that separates them from the others is the personal service they can provide. The name on their sign outside the funeral home should mean something. For them, it's very important that everyone be treated as if they were family, friend, or neighbor, as they very well could be. The Sheehy's entire staff consists of individuals who care about each and every family they serve. Every detail is handled in a professional and personal manner. On a daily basis, the directors Bill Kiley, Micah Rico, and John Sullivan, and all of their other staff take great, great pride in their work, serving families as if they were their own. The Sheehy's pride themselves on offering the highest level of professionalism with every family they serve. Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Homes, here for you since 1913. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with the day-to-day -day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers is price competitive and still offers the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all the corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261. 0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com Hang in there! We're almost ready for some more of the Hoolies Hoolies. Stay tuned! Chicago Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth. Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating that delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly neighborhood institution at 99th and Western, as well as in South Suburban Orland Park, where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. Fox's is owned by Tom and Frank Fox, whose parents, Frank and Therese, bought the Western Avenue location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. The Fox family opened the doors to their Orland Park location in 1973 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. Chicagoans will recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, where great times have been celebrated for generations. Fox's is perfect for the whole family. Pick up or delivery. Or you can dine in, relax, and have a cocktail with your dinner. Whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Foxes in Chicago's Beverly neighborhood at 773-239-3212 or in South Suburban Orland Park at 708-349-2111. Mention this show for a free toothpick. Hey listeners, I know we don't talk about finance much on this show, outside maybe the amazing Bitcoin the musical, which we currently have in development. But I do want to take a moment and tell you about two brothers who make this show possible and why you should consider having an honest conversation with them about the future of your finances. Mike and Dan Madden are the brains behind Madden Funds. They've been lifelong friends to Bill Clay and me, and we entrust the Maddens with our money and the precious donations of our listeners so we don't let outrageous ideas get the best of us. And you should too. Do yourself a favor and reach out to Dan or Mike Madden today to book a consultation on the future of your finances. If you have questions about your financial future or current situation, give them a call. The number is 708-848-3200. Again, that number is 708-848-3200. Or you can visit their website, Madden Funds, at www.maddenfunds.com. Again, www.maddenfunds.com.
welcome back. This is automatic. This is off Broadway, Bill. Yeah. This is the song that played when I first discovered met Cliff. Oh yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mike. Shout out to Mike Sarkowski, our producer. Before the break, we were talking about uh, drinking and mishaps and love, oh, you yeah, know, and, and family and and showbiz and man. All I, had a th- I had something happen to me today that actually, because I thought of our guests coming on the show tonight, after it happened, when I left and was walking to my car, I went, you know, what I just did and what happened and transpired there would probably be something that I would do if I was blacked out. Really? Yeah. yeah. What was it? What'd you do? You know, I've been going into this, um, you know, Mickey's Euros for years. Yes, I know. Park. I mean, oh, 30 I well. years probably been going into this place. Well, yeah, since I was probably like 10. Yeah. All right. The guy who works and there looks like a busted out Dennis Farina. He does. He's he's the Greek Farina. Yeah. He looks like a Greek Dennis Farina. Um, I think he dyes his hair because Farina, oh, as, he got old, he Farina as he got as old, you know, it was gray. But this guy's still he still got. Anyways, I had seen him probably around I don't know, like you know, four months ago, and he had this cast on on his arm, you know, mm-hmm. and he was saying about how you know. He like he wasn't feeling well uh, after he had gotten like he had gotten his second COVID vaccine shot and then he was walking out from the doctor's office and he felt like he felt lightheaded all of a sudden. Yeah, went down, hit the ground and shattered his elbow. Oh man! All right. Okay. So like I saw him behind the counter. I'm like, oh man, you know, he, he told me the story. I'm like, so you're oh. you're swapping stories with the with the Mickey's guy. Absolutely, because we've—I mean—we've been talking about this guy for years with our friends. We have, you know. I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't shouldn't refer to him as a bust out. He's not a bust out. He's a very successful businessman. He is. Yeah. But just because he's always been in my mind this kind of cartoon character. Yes. Um, He's like an R. Crumb character. Yeah. So today, when I saw him, because I was picking up a a chicken on pita. Yeah. And uh, I got it, and as I was like, and I go to him, and I go, you know, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him like, hey, man. I'm like, how's the shoulder, the arm? How you doing? You know, mm-hmm. oh, you know they, you know they got great medicine these days. You know, oh, yeah. the whole thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then as I'm leaving, you know, uh, he goes, I go take care. You know, and he just goes, No, man, you take care. And he fist bumps me. Oh, and I was like, Wow, I don't. Th- in all my years, with a bad there, elbow. I've never seen him give a fist bump to anybody. Oh, you caught it. Did you talk gambling with him? Because I know he likes to gamble and you like to gamble. Yeah, no. Maybe as our relationship grows, I'll ask him what scratch-offs he's playing. Right. You like, you know? want to meet me and go play the pushies for a couple hours next <laughs> yeah, week? you play Wildlife? Right. You ever play Beer House? Any yeah. of those games? Yeah. There's plenty of people that black out playing those games, too. Oh, absolutely. So I was, you know, as I got to the car, I was like, you know, as I'm getting older, like, you know, everybody has more courage when they're blacked out, too. Sure. You know, I, years ago, I wouldn't have had the courage to do that. Now I do it. And I walked down. I went, years you know, ago, I you wouldn't have had the courage to fist bump a Greek guy at a Euro stand? Probably not. I was, I, re, I, I revered the man. You thought that that was something that you might do I revered do him. Out. I looked at him and I was just like, you are the Euros master. I don't want to do anything to upset you that you could ever infiltrate or ruin any Euro sandwich I ever have again. Bill, but this time, hey, you know. I felt confident about myself. Often what people feel like when they're blacked out. Very confident. Thank you, Bill. What a beautiful story yeah, to tell. To, to, sorry. To, to preface our guest here. Yeah. I say that right? Preface? Preface? The preface of the story? You always try to sound smarter. Right? Preface. I don't know. Here's the preface of the story, or the preface, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Well, our next guest, and it is Sean Flannery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Bear Flannery. Uh, I've known Sean here for probably 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, someone I revered here in the Chicago comedy community for a long time. And, and uh, I've, he, he has a show called The Blackout Diaries. And he has a brand new book out called Places I Can't Return To. 
uh, which chronicles all of his mishaps of drinking over the past 25 oh, years. Yeah, I know that. And I'll tell you, boy, it's quite entertaining. So with that being said, please welcome to the program, Sean Bear Flannery. Sean, hi. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. <sighs> Thank you oh, for coming. Man, I'm thrilled yeah. to have you here. Uh, we've been, we, maybe your ears were burning over the years as we were talking here on Broken yeah, Radio. Yeah, I think we, it was going to work out before, then COVID hit, and uh, but yeah, it's great to, to finally be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Places I Can't Return to. So uh, this is a book um, that intertwines my own stories. So each chapter is a place I can't go back to. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not all drinking places, and I wasn't necessarily, a lot of them I was asked to never return to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some of them just don't exist, like Cleveland Municipal Stadium, Old Yankee Stadium. Right, right. Yeah. So some of them just, you know, are at the bottom of lakes now and so yes. on. Um, I fell on a toilet at Old Yankee Stadium. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I could tell you the story that happened to me at Old Yankee Stadium, but I went to Yankee Stadium. Patty, you know the story about me where I uh, fell off a roof and broke my back in three places. I do, and maybe for our listeners, if we have time today, we'll, we, I'd love it if you could recite one of the stories from the book. I, I will I will do that, sure. Okay. But just to tell you real quickly what I did at Yankee Stadium. So I then went, so I, I fall off a roof, fall three stories, break my back in three places, shatter my heel. 72 hours later, I leave for a road trip to go to Yankee Stadium to see the <laughs> Cleveland Indians play. <laughs> and uh, it's like 105 degrees. And uh, I had, I couldn't, they actually had this like metal uh, torso brace I had to wear okay. to make my back like the vertebrae straight. Go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I couldn't wear it in like 100, it was just too hot. So I, we went to a Biggins Tall shop and I just got like the biggest socks you've ever seen. And my <laughs> friend tied like 50 socks around, around my torso. Okay. So I had this really weird body, you know, where <laughs> yeah, I, had, like, yeah, I, yeah. I had like this fat gut, but everything else was skinny. And anyhow, I was on crutches and we walk in and this is like the 1990, this is I think like 1996. Okay. And uh, like, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or I don't know if this was your experience at old Yankee stadium, but like every usher there is like 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're all just like old New Yorkers that want to watch the game. Well, and, I was a toddler when I fell in the toilet at Yankee oh. Stadium, so I don't really remember <laughs> what you had. <laughs> well, that would make more sense, but this old guy is just like, you know, hey, do you want to sit in the handicap section? Like, he just sees me struggling. Sure. And I'm like, you know. Duh. Like, do I qualify? He goes, well, you look pretty bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so anyways, we go there, we get drunk, and I'm like, I'm like, man, these women are all, it's right by, like, uh, the Yankees dugout. Oh, so it's like the like, players' wives. Yeah, I, I didn't put it together at first. I was like, these women are all gorgeous, yeah. and they all know like, like utility infielders, and like <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, like right. super they're... well informed. <laughs> yeah, and we realize it's the Yankees' wives, and we end up like getting drunk with them oh, at like wow. some bar in the Bronx. It was oh, great. They, you guys went out with them afterwards. We did. Did you yeah. explain why you were in some weird contraption? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've hosted a show here in Chicago. First of all, you had you you came to Chicago from Cleveland. Correct. How did that happen? Did you come to Chicago to be a stand-up comedian? I did not. I just wanted to move to a bigger city. I wanted all my guys that stayed home, like we're getting multiple DUIs. Like I always hung out with like big drinkers. Where did you grow up in in Cleveland? Uh, So I, in sixth grade, we actually moved down to a rural area outside of Akron. Okay. So from like sixth grade through college, then I went to college at John Carroll, which is in the city of Cleveland. And you went to Walsh Jesuit for boys. Went to Walsh Jesuit, which is a very predominantly known uh, hanging out on the flats. Yeah, yeah. Drinking a lot of drink, doing a lot of drinking on the flats. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you you come to Chicago to just for a fresh start. How old are you? I was 23, maybe. Oh no, still a baby. Yeah. And at what point? Did you decide that you wanted to get on stage and start talking? I to people? started stand up in Chicago, I think at age twenty seven. Okay. 
Yeah. So I, I worked as a computer uh, engineer for Ernst & Young. Okay. Uh, Full time, like very successful IT career right. prior to going into stand-up okay. comedy. Right. Um, but I don't know. It was just always in my head. And then, you know, one of the th- great things about Chicago is it's just such a comedy town that it's like really easy to just find open mics to just start a career in it if right. you want to yeah. do it. So. And and from there you you sort of surrounded yourself with a group of comedians that were known as blurds, mm-hmm. um, and many of those guys, including yourself, are immensely talented and have gone on to very successful careers. Yeah, we had a we had a great group. Like the guy who did all our videos, his name was Jordan Vogt Roberts. He directed Call Kong Skull Island. And right. He's uh, working on a new movie now. Kings of the Summer was his. Was, yes, that was, was like his first successful alcoholics maybe. Uh, he also directed that, which was a short with T.J. Miller, who right. was. Also in the group. In the uh, Blurds crew. Yeah. So who were the Blurds? It was Kyle you. Kyle Kinane, like Kumail Nanjiani. Yes. Um, CJ Sullivan. CJ Sullivan, Jared Logan, Prescott Tolk, uh, Nate Craig. I'm, I mean, there, there was, at, at, at its biggest group, I think there was like 13 of us. So it was, oh, wow. it was kind of a big, uh, it was kind of a big group. Mike Holmes, Mike Bridenstine. Yeah. What was the um, concept of that? Like, hey, let's, let's form like so a So Blurds started as blogs for nerds. And there wasn't, uh, this is before Funny or Die or anything like that, and there wasn't a great, like, website for just reading daily funny jokes or seeing videos. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, we would post our videos to, like, MySpace. Like, that's how they would go viral. Okay. This is how long ago it was. Right. Um, And the videos just took off that we did. And yeah. we we kind of were all so young, and we were all drunks, and was, it's, it's, it was hard to keep the group together. Sure, sure that makes yeah, perfect sense. Yeah, was yeah. Jordan Voigt, was he like he the powerful force behind it because he's the film guy? Was he like, does he come up and like start hanging out in comedy shows and be like, you, 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 you guys are all going to make videos with me? Yeah, you know, we, I, I think how it actually started is we were going to do a live show, like all of us were going to do a live show. And we're like, well, let's film some videos for it, yeah. you know, and then we'll we'll start posting stuff online. And we had seen Jordan do this really funny video at the Lincoln Lodge because they had a variety act. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like really well done. It's actually this uh, uh, it's a Chicago spoken word artist, a Joel Chimera. I think I might uh, I might be pronouncing his last name wrong, but it, it's uh, about all the different ways different liquors get him drunk like the different highs ah, he gets from like oh. whiskey versus beer and so on yeah. but anyhow it was really well done so we asked jordan would you film these videos and we were just going to use them for the launch party and yeah. like maybe to get like sponsorship and it like took off and they were by far the most successful part of the website like we thought everyone was going to want to read our blogs right and, well, you, yeah. you know that yeah, we were yeah. going to be like these modern humorists and yes. and it was like no we want the videos you yeah. know like that's <laughs> all we want which, which i mean they were great and jordan's great too um, but the problem is it was like, they were so good that Jordan started getting paying offers yeah. and it was just impossible to find anyone who could do what he did, video, what, what he did yeah. for the money we had. Yes. You know? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, uh, unlike a lot of your counterparts who then went on and moved to LA to start, mm-hmm. uh, or, or move forward in their comedy careers, you're married with children and yep. you still had the day job, and you're like, I'm staying here. Yeah, you know, I always, you know, there's pluses and minuses to every, you know, path you want to do in sure. comedy. I, I do think the surest way to get success is probably to move to L.A. or New York. Yeah. But, you know, I you know, I looked at some of my friends, and I was like, you know, they have all the opportunities that if it all goes right for me, like, this is almost a best case. 
and they have three roommates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it doesn't, it just yeah. doesn't pay as much. Like yeah. getting on Conan, getting like unless you're willing to parlay that into like year round touring, it just doesn't. Or mm-hmm. if you're an actor and you can use that like to get on a TV sure. show, which I can't do. I, I can't act, I, and I don't want to act. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't like doing it. Like I, I consider it boring. It's just not for me. Um, Until the network says we're turning places I can't return to into a sitcom. I mean, you know, man, I would I would write. I love to write, but I yeah. would be like, you don't want me in front of the camera, and I don't want to be in front. Like, I don't know. Like, I had for Blurds, we had to act out the scenes, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just like the Midwest Irish in me, mm-hmm. but when you just sit there while everyone else is working, <laughs> you know, because yeah. like they'll just sit there and light you and you check you weird. out for like a half hour, and everyone's working hard but you, and right. you're like, I feel like a piece. Yeah. You know, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but um, so I was like, you know what? I like my life in Chicago. We have a house in Oak Park. Yeah. Uh, my oldest is also special needs and all his doctors were here. And I was like, ah, you know, and yeah. I've always just had a good luck at I have, a, you know, the Blackout Diaries. I have a weekly show at the Comedy Bar. Well, that's like, why, you know, I had like stability. here. You're very prolific and it's it's very, very hard to be as prolific as you are. And and to have a family life and a full time job at the same time, and that's I guess that's why I've been so uh, you know enamored with your work over the years. Thank you. Because I found myself in a similar situation. Yeah. Um, but always wanting to go like, how does this guy find the time or the energy, and how does yeah. his wife put up with it? And <laughs> and and he's got and and he has a show yeah. called The Blackout Diaries, which is essentially folks, it's 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 some comedians, and then it's some just regular day civilians that are recruited yeah. to come up on stage, and they have slides. And they tell a very revealing story, often embarrassing, about a time that they had too much to drink. And the show is sponsored by Jepson's Malort. Correct. Uh, and everybody knows what Malort is here yeah. in Chicago if yep. you've worked in bars. Um, and th- the show kind of branded itself and spun out. And outside of this book that you just wrote called Places I Can't Return To, you also have uh, a podcast called The Blackout Diaries. Just debuted this week, actually, was now, our first episode. First episode. Now, there was a prior... Uh, incarnation of the Blackout Diaries podcast years before. That I did by myself. I think I did 13 episodes. Okay. And I was really proud of it. I liked it. But it, it, it's just too hard to mix everything yourself, to yes. host it yourself. Yes. I mean, you guys know how you have a... Yeah. Yes, we have know, Mike. Yeah, you have great help here. But... Yeah. um I just I couldn't sustain it with everything else I had going on. But now we we, we got signed to a podcast company, right. so you have like a tech, a dedicated tech. Yeah, Starburns sure. audio. And my co-host stopped drinking, so like because you can't do oh. it with two drunks. You need one of you needs to have your. Somebody's got to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> your co-host is C.J. Sullivan. C.J. Sullivan, yeah, hilarious uh, comedian. Who's also a comedian who works extensively here in uh, yeah. Chicago and L.A. and opens a lot for T.J. Miller a lot. That is correct. I like the fact that your crew kind of stuck together. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, we're all still really tight. You and. Know? Uh, uh, so I'm wishing you guys uh, immense success on the Thank Blackout uh, Diaries podcast. You can, where can you find that? Is it on iTunes and just Google it's on it? every place now? Yeah, wherever you like to listen to uh, podcasts, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, uh, you will find Blackout Diaries there. It's part of the Starburns Audio Radio Network, but just search for Blackout Diaries and you'll find it. And I did see that. Uh... Matt Ryan was one of their first guests. Matty Ryan is an old pal of ours who's been on this program. He actually tells a great story uh, of of drinking in Thailand. Yep. Uh, And you can find that out on uh, episode one of of the Blackout Diaries podcast. Um, You've you've been speaking with twins twice in two days. You did a a promotional thing with the Sklar Brothers yesterday. Yeah, I did the Sklar Brothers Monday. And, dude, you know, I've been surrounded by – I was (laughs) the assistant coach for my uh, daughter's um, softball team, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the statistical uh, odds of this? 
two sets of identical twins. Wow. Do you know how hard it, yeah, four twins on the team. You know how oh. hard it is? Like, cause yeah. you'd be like, Alyssa, you're in center field. Like, and, and every twin I've ever, I don't know if you guys are this way, but when twin, every twin I've ever interacted with is flabbergasted. You can't tell them apart, you know? And then I was like, you know, I'm not Alyssa. What are you talking about? When yeah. you're younger, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm over yeah. it now. Like yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah, the other yeah. day I walked into an, an actual account of mine, um, to talk to the GM about some booze. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, this girl's in there, and she was a waitress, and she actually used to work at the, an establishment that Patty bartended at. Oh. And she's like, oh, my God, I've missed you. How have you yeah, been? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> she's I like, never really I'm like, think about that But we've met before. I've met this girl numerous times, and I'm finally like, she's like, oh, now I feel so bad. But she was like kind of buzzed up, and she yeah. kept calling me even after I corrected her two or three times, Patty. I just go with it when people I call finally, me. Finally, I go, it's fine. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I haven't cared in years. If you're somebody close to me, though, then I care. Yeah. Like, but if you're somebody that you know, I see every couple weeks or every three months, and you see my my sibling that often, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. But, uh, yeah. So, Sean, you start the Blackout Diaries. What gave you like? What was the spawning moment? Where you, did you start telling oh, I, drinking I stories tell on stage exactly and then say, oh, is. i got to turn this into a weekly so show? The Blackout Diaries is an interesting show in that it has an exact like causal history behind it. So I used to have a one-man show about the last ten times I nearly killed myself by accident. It was yes. called Never Been to Paris. I re- yes, okay. And the book is is essentially never been to Paris, mixed in with like historical facts about the town and so on. Okay, but I and never been to Paris ran for a few years in Chicago. I remember and, uh, a lot of drinking stories in it. And after every show, like people would want to meet me, and they would be like, "Oh, I got to tell you about the time yes. that you know I nearly died when I was drunk and we stole a tractor," you know, uh-huh. and. Like, the stories were amazing. Yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> laughing my ass. Like, my favorite part of doing the show was just getting done with the show so, I could, the so I could hear the stories that, like, Chicagoans would tell me. And I was like, I got to create a show yes. for these a- to come tell these stories. Yeah. And that yes. was the idea. And I pitched it to Mark Geary of the Lincoln Lodge, who's always been a great supporter of right. uh, Chicago comedy. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's mm-hmm. just. And it started. It was going to be a one-weekend show. That sold out. We added three more weekends. Those sold out. Uh, then we turned it into monthly, sold out, and then it became weekly. And it's been uh, weekly for 10 years now. Has anybody ever tried to do the show while blacked out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, which we don't encourage. <laughs> no. uh, we don't encourage. It's usually a pretty uh, bad set, I would think. It is. It is. You know, um, it, you know there's interesting uh, <laughs> like strategies. I always tell people, like, less is more, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. a, an early reviewer... Uh, had a uh, a quote that is still my favorite description of the show. Uh, it was a lady who, uh, I can't remember her name, but she reviewed comedy for the Sun-Times, and she called it, she said, uh, it was as if I attended, I felt like I attended a reverse AA meeting. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, there it. is a celebratory. Uh, yeah, yeah, because there is, a, what I do love about it is, like, you get these people who have never been on stage before, so they are nervous, you know? Oh, yeah. But, like, the crowd is almost as accepting and encouraging as what you would see in an AA environment. Yes, it right. is. They're That's just encouraging true. the totally wrong conclusion, you know? <laughs> Where they're like, yeah. yep, you got to get back out there and just get blacked out I, again. I've, I, after 20 years, one years in the bar industry as a, as a bartender, I've met so many guys that you'll talk to, you know, other patrons at the bar and they go, well, they, they when somebody blacks out, they're known by a different name and an alter ego. And oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, oh, hey, my boss is coming in tonight. They're like, yeah, well, if Spike shows up, <laughs> it better not be good. And Spike was his alter ego. Yeah. Like for me, if I was drinking Sambuca, yeah. I was just known strictly as Billy Buca. And it was like, if Billy Buca wa- walks into the room, 
get out. It's yeah. curtains. He's going to yeah. turn into like an American Indian or something and try yeah. to kill you. So that's hilarious. Yeah. It's going to turn into an American Indian and try to kill you. I thought either kill you or poltergeist were the two things that jumped into my brain. Sean, so you make you 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 produce that show for a number of years. Do you ever get depressed listening to all the drinking stories? No, I love I've always loved drinking stories. You know, kind of what you were talking about is one of the aspects I love about them. It's like this sense of like otherness, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm normally a smart guy, but I turn into this moron, you yes. know, who um so I love hearing drinking stories um and I usually uh, have people tell, like, I'll usually, I'm like, all right, let me hear this story. And if it's just First, like, for, yeah, yeah it. you know, I drove drunk, uh, almost killed somebody. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't think We've, this we is We got a lot of guys like that. That's not you know? for the show. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do like it. I also don't, I don't like real bro-y glorification of drinking. Like, there's right. a balance, you know, like, yes. some of our best sets are actually from people who have quit drinking. Of sure. Because they have, like, they don't have the bravado, you, you yes. know, and they have, like, the distance of, They have like, humility about they, it. They have a humility, but they also have like this rationalness of like now you see why i quit you know? well it's probably yeah. therapeutic for yeah. somebody to yeah, go yeah. out there and tell the story yeah do you I have a so. favorite uh performer over the years like somebody I, who came in who just like completely knocked you out i'm gonna tell you the what i think is the greatest drinking story i've ever heard which right. was told by a non-comic he worked in the advertising industry <laughs> okay and this is a dui story which i know are not like very politically correct it did, it did happen like over 40 years ago so this, this this story happened in the 1980s this dude came in it was a legendary performance at the show he wasn't allowed to tell this story this story was his best drinking buddy who went by the name the general yeah. uh, he was sworn to never tell this story until the general passed away Okay. The general passed away like the week prior, and this guy comes up to me. He's like, I've got the greatest. I didn't do it. It's a DUI story, but it's like the greatest story you'll ever hear. And okay. I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and he gets up there. And so this is the 1980s. The general was an actual like four-star general in Vietnam. So he was okay. wealthy. And he would go out to these poker games like out in Arlington Heights. I guess he would always like take a ton of money from Ditka yes. uh, and everything. Like, yeah, like a bunch of high rollers, you uh-huh. know? And he's drunk, and he's coming back. And this is in the 1980s when Mad started doing – Mothers uh, Against Drunk Driving. Mothers Against Drunk Driving are doing um, the sobriety checks oh. on major highways. So, like, oh. on the Kennedy, they had it all down to sobriety check. And he's like, mm-hmm. they got me dead to rights. There's no way I'll pass. But he's driving, like, a four-door Lincoln black car. Of course. So yeah. he's like, all right, I know what to do. <laughs> and uh, he just goes in the back seat, and he pretends to fall asleep. You know, and the line is not moving, and, like, the cop looks, and there's this limo. <laughs> Just with no driver. With no driver. And they like they knock on it, like they're like like wake him up. Like he's pretending like he can't wake up. Like they finally wake him up. He goes, Where's Juan? And they're like, What? My driver. <laughs> yeah. He goes, He must have thought this was a, a immigration checkpoint and ran into that forest. Yes. Wow. They shut down the sobriety checkpoint and send the cops into the forest <laughs> to look for Juan. Juan. Yeah. And they're like, Well, you are uh, you gotta get out of here. He's like, I, I'm drunk. I can't drive, you know. Yes. So they drive him to the green mill where he meets his friends and keep looking for Juan in this forest. Wow. That's great. Um, I wonder if they ever found him. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, Sean Flannery is our guest. We got to take a quick commercial break. Huli uh, Suli returns after these messages. Chicago Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth. Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating that delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you, this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly neighborhood institution at 99th and Western, as well as in South Suburban Orland Park. 
where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. Fox's is owned by Tom and Frank Fox, whose parents, Frank and Therese, bought the Western Avenue location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. The Fox family opened the doors to their Orland Park location in 1973 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. Chicagoans will recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, where great times have been celebrated for generations. Fox's is perfect for the whole family. Pick up or delivery, or you can dine in, relax, and have a cocktail with your dinner. Whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Fox's in Chicago's Beverly neighborhood at 773-239-3212 or in South Suburban Orland Park at 708-349-2111. Mention this show for a free toothpick. With a history going all the way back to 1896, the International Union of Operating Engineers has continued to protect workers and their families with loyalty and brotherhood. Local 150 has continued to thrive through economic booms and busts with careful training and aggressive organizing. Under the leadership of President and Business Manager Jim Sweeney, Local 150 has implemented programs and action plans to create work, protect benefits, and keep members working. And they've been helping the Irish-American community of Chicagoland for just as long. The Hibernian Radio Show is proud to be associated with Jim Sweeney and Local 150, and we salute the continuing efforts of the International Union of Operating Engineers and their support of Irish and Irish-American families now and in the future. Thanks to Local 150. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with the day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers is price competitive and still offers the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all the corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Don't touch that dial. The Hoolies Hoolie returns in just a moment. Hey, listeners, I know we don't talk about finance much on this show, outside maybe the amazing Bitcoin the musical, which we currently have in development. But I do want to take a moment and tell you about two brothers who make this show possible and why you should consider having an honest conversation with them about the future of your finances. Mike and Dan Madden are the brains behind Madden Funds. They've been lifelong friends to Bill Clay and me, and we entrust the Maddens with our money and the precious donations of our listeners so we don't let outrageous ideas get the best of us. And you should, too. Do yourself a favor and reach out to Dan or Mike Madden today to book a consultation on the future of your finances. If you have questions about your financial future or current situation, give them a call. The number is 708-848-3200. Again, that number is 708-848-3200. Or you can visit their website, Madden Funds, at www.maddenfunds.com. Again, www.maddenfunds.com. On the Death Walk of Saloons that decorate Western Avenue, only the Cork and Carry Irish Pub, the soul of Beverly, sits right on a 50-yard line of Chicago's Southside Irish St. Patrick's Day Parade at 106th and Western. 
Generations of Southside Irish have quenched their thirst in the cork, snuggling up to memories of family, faith, and fierce loyalty to friends. It's the jewel of this neighborhood where we celebrated weddings, christenings, wakes, and unforgettable victories. Proprietors Bill Guidi and Mike Fitzpatrick now celebrating 20 years in business welcome you home for a cold brew to share a good story or help you throw one hell of a party. With over 20 beers on tap and a full bar for your pleasure, this is the spot you can sink a root and get your Irish on. Cork has plenty of seating, from our private event rooms to our 300-person beer garden. Our interior space brings you back to the homeland of Ireland with our vintage photos and authentic Irish decor and Chicago memories of the good old days. So say hello to a stranger, make a new friend, fall in love, or just enjoy the company of people you forgot you knew. The Cork and Kerry continues the Southside tradition parents and grandparents brought here from the old country. Come on by the Cork and Kerry and get some. The Cork and Carry Irish Pub, 10614 Southwestern Avenue, for private parties, just pals hanging out, or intimate cocktail rendezvous. Come on home to the south side of Chicago at the Cork and Carry. Hello, Mac. Welcome back, Hooli's Hooli, fourth quarter of the program. Sean Bear Flannery's been my guest. Uh, he has a brand new book out called Places I Can't Return to. Sean, where can our audience find the book and buy it? Uh, on my website, which is seanbearflannery.com. B-A-I-R is bear. Okay, great. Uh, I highly encourage uh, everybody to check it out. Uh, it is a lot of laughs. Uh, and... Uh, Chacon, you are a Chicago treasure at this point, even though you're thanks, a Cleveland buddy. guy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I think most comedians in Chicago have revered you for a long time, and, and you uh, have a uniquely Chicago perspective. Uh, and I think a lot of it, even though some of these stories are based in Cleveland, uh, resonate. Yeah, and they're, they're more similar cities than people realize. I mean, like, you know, Chicago's obviously bigger, but uh, Cleveland also has a huge Irish community. Oh, uh, yeah, much like big Chicago. time. Yeah yeah, 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 and I grew up in that. Like, am I... My grandparents are all from Ireland, and like it was just a really big Irish community that I was surrounded by. So anyone who's Irish Catholic listening to this program, if you want a few laughs, uh, please go to Sean's website and uh, purchase a copy of Places I Can't Return To. It's a good toilet book. I don't know if that's okay to it say is, You know what? Uh, it is okay to say that, and that's what my editor, Adam Burke, said. Yes. Uh, he's like, this is the perfect toilet book because like the chapters are short. Adam Burke, the stand-up comedian? Yeah, he, oh, he was my editor. So he, I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, most people don't. He used to work as a reporter out of Dallas. Okay. Like, did not know yeah, that. he was an English major. Uh, he was an editor for a while. So when lockdown happened and all my shows were canceled, I wrote the book. And Burke was out of work, too. Perfect. So he's like, I'll edit it. It was uh, the perfect, perfect partnership. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Awesome. Well, he did a great job. He's a very he funny guy. He's great. Um, it's a great book. Once again, Places I Can't Return to by Sean Bear Flannery. Also, check out the Blackout Diary, Starburns Audio. Yeah, uh, You can find it on iTunes and uh, all the other uh, streaming uh, podcast yep. networks. Also, are you doing the com- the, the stand-up show? That actually just debuted last night. Uh, you the can Comedy also, Bar. You can also buy copies of my book every Wednesday at the Comedy Bar. I do a, a live show based around it. It's also called Places I Can't Return to. And I have really funny guests. Like, I don't know. Uh, actually, Adam Burke is usually there most weeks. Okay. Sure. So. Yeah. Nice. Sean, it's been a guest. Thanks for being on the program. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, looking forward to it. Hang out here and riff with us for uh, the, the final quarter, Bill. Uh, oh, I do want to promote one thing uh, yes. to all of our listeners. Uh, as you all know, Hibernian Media makes this show possible. Uh, and we are doing our uh, Irish American Movie Hooli Film Festival uh, here again in Chicago, going into its eighth year. We'll be doing it at the Lake Theater in Oak Park this year. We've moved from the Siskel, and we're going into the West Burbs. Uh, and I love the Lake Theater; it's gorgeous. It is. It yeah. is. It is very much a beautiful uh, theater. And uh, we'll be doing the Wilmette Theater the following week. So we're doing kind of a two pronged. Uh, we're hitting up those theaters. Yeah. But uh, we have uh, a new award this year that goes to an Irish American filmmaker and. Uh, 
It's called the Great McGinty Award. It's named for Preston Surges, who was a Chicagoan and an Irish American. Um, his film uh, that won the Academy Award in 1946, The Great McGinty. So we were going to call it the Preston Sturges Award, but the DGA already gives that out. So we pivoted, and Preston's son Tom Sturges said, "Hey, why don't you guys call it the Great McGinty Award?" And we we're like, "Okay, cool." So as a fundraiser for our upcoming festival, which is in September, coming to the lake, we're doing one Sunday night where we're going to screen The Great McGinty for our audience who doesn't who, aren't, who isn't familiar with uh, Preston Sturges or his work. Um, and you can come out and check it out. And Tom Sturges, the son of Preston Sturges, will have the Oscar. Uh, and he'll be there to give a little brief introduction at the beginning. Uh, and then we're all going over to Victory Italian for a cocktail party that all of our guests are invited to post. So check it out. It's a quick movie. It's, a, you know, it's like 80 minutes. Um, but it is quite a gem. And if you're a fan of political satire, especially in today's climate, I think it'll be right up your alley. Bill, yeah. you said something very, very strange to me uh, before the commercial oh, break. And, uh, it has well, to... I'll give a shout-out to you know the, the boys from Winnicani that I go fishing on my fishing trip with. You know, We're on a text thread. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those threads that at any moment, somebody could just send something crazy during the middle of the day, and you're like, what? Yeah. You know? not, work, um, not safe for work. And well, I mean, we're kind of just, NSW. All, all of us have, like, we've got an electrician, then there's myself in the booze business and sales, my other buddy is in uh, uh, signage and design, and then his, and, and then his, our other buddy is the vice president of the company that he works at, and then the other guy is a painter. So we've got, like, all different kinds of, so we're kind of an eclectic group. Right. But, melting um, pot. A melting pot. And one of my buddies today, well, this, this came on Tuesday, he sends me this text mm -hmm. in our group thread. And it was like, hey, you know, I mean, maybe we ought to look into this, boys. <laughs> and it was a link to this thing called human uh, microbes, all right? Uh, they want to take your poop. And uh, you can send it to them, and uh, it's 500 bucks a stool sample. <laughs> and, I mean, it, when you read this, it's because, you know, everybody in the dog days of summer, you got the heat going, and you're like, you're in sales, and you're sweating in your car. And then you get something like this, and you're like... You mean to tell me could I could I could just take my morning <laughs> dump and then that's it? We're making a hundred grand a year. Make my nut for the day? Yeah. Mike is I got our engineer has it pulled up right there for you. We need your boots. Yes, you know? I like um, that. What's the website to that? Uh, Maybe they'll sponsor the show. Uh you know, here's the you thing. You don't need sponsors. You know, there is, you get, there's, a, there's, a, whole, there's a screening oh, right. thing yeah. and a questionnaire, and then you got to do a verification of a stool type and what your physical fitness stool is. Type. A video interview, you know. But this is great. <laughs> you got to do all this stuff. Stool and blood testing paid for us by the recipient of the stool. They get paid, you know, right, and then can get paid 500 per stool donation. Uh, if you're having a bowel movement every day, it can add up to $180,000. Here's the best part, all right? <laughs> most, grand. most recipients will probably be ordering stool via dry ice shipping, the cost of which will be covered by them, all right? So whoever you're sending it to, they've got to pay for it, right? God, I hope that shipment but, doesn't get lost. Donors are prepaid. Donors are prepaid. What do you mean you lost my bleep? You lost my yeah. bleep? Where's yeah. my bleep at? But here's the best part about it. They, they say, oh, you got to do the video thing, right? Um, and it says at the end of this, by default, we also keep donors completely anonymous from recipients in order. So, in other words, they need to see you and know that you're actually a human and not an alien, I guess. Oh, so you can't just have your dog poo and then be like, send me the 500 bucks. Well, I think that they, you know, after they do the testing, they'll go, this ain't human. It's not We human. got it. We've been had. <laughs> We've been had. I want to find uh, the guy out who's human who doesn't poop human poo. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that guy out there? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how they found out that there's aliens among us. Yeah. There was a couple of 
destitutely poor alcoholic aliens that started pooing in boxes. They yeah. accidentally outed themselves. Um, wow. Humanmicrobes.org. So after I got that, you the know, scatological portion yeah. of tonight's show. Yeah, we always do a little bit, right? And then so I get that text, and then I get um, today. I was driving, and I had a uh, I had a golf shirt on it that had um, pineapples. All right. Your golf shirt had pineapples on the shirt? On the shirt. The like, design? Yeah, the design of pineapples. And it was a, um, and they were like, like, like you know, like a red and blue, uh, real, on a white shirt. A flashy. Like, it was flashy, kind of flurry. Like a Mr. Mr. Furley shirt. For sure, right? And I had gone into, actually, I went into two accounts today and got compliments about it. Oh. Like, oh, I love your shirt, bro. You know? Oh, thank yeah. you. And then I was in the car, and my buddy Pete drove past me, and I didn't see him. Yeah. And he sends a text like, "What? You don't say hello with your, you know, your crazy shirt, pineapple <laughs> shirt on, you know? So I could see you a mile away in that thing in your black car." And I was like, "Where are you? You know, I'm going into an account. Meet me in there." And he's like, "No, I got to run, whatever." And then, you know, the guys on the thread are teasing me about pineapples. Then a buddy of mine sends this. You know, this is the same gentleman, and I'll throw in a, a shout out to you, Arian, because he listens. But he sends me a text, and it is all about. Um, you know, they're making fun of me. Like, you can get all the ladies with that? With, the, with your pineapple you know, shirt? With your pineapple shirt, tough guy. Mm -hmm. And then he sends me this text where I didn't realize this, but did you know that pineapples are a sign for swingers? Word I've heard that, that, that you put, but I've heard this about a billion a different things. You gotta turn a pineapple upside down, apparently, on your porch. No, yeah, says, no, I've heard, <laughs> come on in. Dude, I've heard this, and the it's so weird, because I've heard it about different things, like, I've also heard it about, like, flamingos on the front yard is also supposed to be a sign. Here but, like, there's all these weird I've signs. I've got it, a pineapple that, that is, I have heard this. A pineapple that is placed on your porch in a, uh, or mailbox by swingers lets everyone know <laughs> that there is a swinger party going on. A pineapple that is turned upside down is when there is someone looking for a swinger party. Swingers also use the symbol to look for each other in public. So maybe wearing this pineapple shit every day. Well, that's why you got the compliments. That's why my buddy was like, maybe you get lucky. Oh, yeah, like some hot swinger chick is going to just all of a sudden go, oh, pineapples. But there you go. You know, I, the, if you're thinking about pineapples or anything fruity this summer, just remember that that could lead down you know, a weird path. If you're thinking about, especially if you get blacked out. If you got, if you get blacked out and you got a pineapple shirt on, there could be some wrong signals being sent and decisions being made. If you if you wind up blacked out with a pineapple shirt on, you could wind up at a party. Right. So Mike just said it. I got to a box got, for money. You could do that as well, <laughs> and then you could also, when you're on your Bumble profile. Just remember, if you see anybody with pineapples, swipe left. All right. <laughs> swipe left. Swipe, mean, no, swipe right. What am I doing? You, I don't, even, to, you don't even know what you your know swipage what? is. Do I'm you? not that good on it. But you know what? Maybe I'll put one of the, the I'll wear the pineapple shirt in one of my pictures. So maybe somebody will go, I'm not a swinger, but maybe I'll, you know, some weirdo will contact me. <laughs> just kind of bait him. Anyways, yes, we all want to bait swingers, don't yes. we? We all want to just quit our jobs, poop into boxes, and bait swingers he's for the, the rest of the summer. He's the swing baiter. Swing baiter. He's, swing baiter. he's, a, he's a swing baiter. Yeah. Ooh, good guy. He's not a switch hitter. He's a swing baiter. Wow. All right. If you are a swing baiter, please join us at the Great McGinty Hibernian uh, <laughs> Media Fundraiser this weekend. Yep. I'd love to hear more all about it. We I do want to thank our guest again, uh, Sean Bear Flannery. Please buy his book, Places I Can't Return to, or go see him at the Comedy Bar this summer 
on Wednesday nights where he performs the show of the same title. You can also check out the Blackout Diaries at the Zen Lincoln Lodge on Fridays. You got it. Fridays at 10. Uh, and you can go to their website there. Also, check out his podcast, Blackout Diaries, Starburns, or Audio. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsors again, Cork and Carry Irish Pub, uh, Fox's Beverly Pizza, Fox uh, Flood Brothers Disposal, Guinness Irish Stout, and Madden Funds. Yep. Um, if you've enjoyed this hour, you can find us at hibernianradio.org, or you can go to iTunes and find archives there. Uh, this is uh, goes out to my late father-in-law, Cliff Johnson. This is him off of, uh, this is off-Broadway, off of Quick Turns doing Showdown. Rest in peace, Cliff. I love you, pal. I say nothing